Fatality Fitness Podcast, covering everything from fitness, health, and nutrition with your host, Matthew Smiley, covering top topics and answering all your fitness Q&As with featured guests. Hello and welcome to the Fatality Fitness Podcast and on this episode I've got a very special guest, Scott Simpson. Scott, how are we? Yeah, not too bad man, what about yourself? I'm good, I'm good. Plodding on as we said, just mentioned before, like just getting on with it. Um, tell us a wee bit about you then, obviously I follow you through social media and stuff but tell me a wee bit about you, your, your background and, and how you got started on your fitness journey. So, um, I'm a PT, I've been a personal trainer for quite a while, about eight, maybe nine years, something like that, um, so not new to it at all, um, I suppose, I think I've probably got a pretty like stereotypical, maybe even boring like backstory in terms of how I got started in personal training and coaching, uh, you know, I liked sport when I was younger, uh, I used to swim, I swam competitively, um, then when I finished school, probably just didn't like want to get a proper job um, at that point. So went to uni, thought I would do sport and exercise science again, just because I like sport and exercise. And then when I finished uni, I probably still didn't want to get a proper job and then just found myself PTing all of a sudden. And I, from then it's just, uh, it's just kind of took off from there. So yeah, it's that probably that typical, like always been into sport and exercise so, and then became a PT sort of thing. I don't really have a massively um, unique angle that I came at it from to be honest mm-hmm. so like, how far did you take the, the swimming was it like how well, no I wasn't like I wasn't like I was never going to the Olympics I'll right. say that much yeah, I, could, I competed at like a national level um, in Scotland so I, I, I did okay I did okay but I was never going to like the Olympics or Commonwealth Games or anything I think I probably about 16 started getting you know that's that age where I started getting distracted by other things um, and then I think I kept swimming up until I was about 18, 19 but I think 16 was probably my my peak in terms of my swimming career and it was never uh, going much further than that but no, I, I, I mean I swam at like a Scottish Nationals level um, but yeah, that was that was it was never a case of me kind of pursuing it um, far beyond that to be honest Do you, do you feel that's a popular thing that happens is like you get to that age of 16, 17 18 there's a lot of distractions started coming away like it's probably Rob Scotland a few World Cups is like getting to 18 finding out how to party finding out uh, what women are and, and basically robbing us a few World Cups <laughs> I think so I think so yeah no definitely that's a uh, that must be a common theme amongst a lot of people in a lot of different sports because yeah that's definitely how it played out for me and it is just a uh, Look, it's just you just get distracted by other things, and uh, I wasn't complaining to be fair. So uh, yeah, it's it's just uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to pretend that like I would have made it or something like that if I hadn't if I hadn't got any other things. Yeah. But um, I think that was that was that was me at my peak around about kind of sixteen stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I, I I did keep swimming for a little while after that, and I've always been really interested in just sport exercise in general, and um, that's why I went on to do sport and exercise science at uni and stuff like that as well. So. So yeah, that's that's the story. So, what I want to ask is like, when did it become uh, just rather than I don't know what else to do, and now I want to help people and, and actually help change people's lives. Well, before I became a PT, I think this I'm, I'm not sure of the time frame exactly. I think it was when I was at uni. My brother, I always remember this, had like a couple of really bad 
knee injuries. Um, he hurt his knee and then um, he re-injured it again just as he was starting to recover. And he was properly off his feet for about a year, maybe even a wee bit longer. Um, so he, he was there was a lot of weakness. It was a really really bad injury, like a lot of ligament damage initially, and then other stuff as well. Um, and I remember like we we were kind of like exercising together, like working out together in my mum and dad's garage. They had some equipment in there, and there was something about that process of like I think that, that was the first time I was exposed to a process of like weight training someone who had a goal in mind and I was whatever as, as limited as I was at the time I was doing everything I could to kind of like help him mm-hmm. in that process um, and I, I suppose like without being really aware of it at the time um, I, I really enjoyed that process and I think that played a part in terms of when when I sort of thought about becoming like a personal trainer, I remember sort of thinking about that and thinking, yeah, I really enjoyed that as a process. There was something massively rewarding about it. Um, so I think that played a part, but that was before I was like ever a PT and stuff like that. And then it just, I can't remember exactly how I, I kind of came across the idea of doing it, but then I ended up just kind of committing to it. And uh, yeah, there's, there's obvious, uh, it's obviously a really, really rewarding job and it doesn't take much sort of, positive feedback from clients to really, really um, experience that and then kind of immerse yourself in it um, fully. But I think that kind of previous experience was something that really clicked with me and sort of made me feel like I wanted to, uh, certainly played a part in pushing me into the job. Yeah. That kind of rolls into what we want to talk about today is, obviously with everything that's going on, do you think that it's the time for, if you need a trainer, is now the time to ever need one? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think I think look, I, I think that the, the question always comes down to when with this is like because um, I think the thing holding a lot of people back just now is obviously the idea of the gyms, isn't it? Like if if people have like a goal in mind and they are sort of contemplating getting help to try and work towards achieving that goal, I suppose right now the the what people see is the hurdle is the fact that gyms are closed, and I know a lot of people are of that kind of mindset. Um, but I think sometimes what what's happening there is people are sometimes maybe over-exaggerating um, the benefits of the gym. Now, that's not to say that gyms aren't beneficial. It's ridiculously beneficial, hugely beneficial. Like, I, I love weight training, so I I'm, I'm, don't want that to be interpreted in any way, shape, or form as me saying there aren't benefits. There are massive benefits there. But I think sometimes it can play a part as being a bit of a distraction for people. So if someone has a goal, for example, like a lot of the clients that I work with, and you might be the same, um, who have goals around fat loss and just you know improving their health and just feeling better in general, um, I think that for some people in the past, it might have been the case that they might have felt a little bit distracted or, or the gym might have served as a bit of a distraction in that process where it's all about the gym and all about what you do in the gym and go to the gym and all the rest of it. And they tend to then overlook things like nutrition or they kind of don't put as much energy and emphasis into things like nutrition, general activity levels, um, sleep, stress management, all these other things that are hugely, hugely important as part of that process. Um, You know, like when it comes to general activity levels, which we'll often measure in like step count, for example, like, there's a lot of people who probably would have considered themselves very, very active because they maybe do like, they might, they might do 2000 steps a day, but they go to the gym three, four times a week. And 
the reality is there is that probably that kind of overestimation of how much the gym is contributing to your overall general activity level and not enough of an emphasis on your lifestyle as a whole. So I think for a lot of people, that's the kind of gyms being closed just now in some ways has like removed that distraction, what might have been a distraction for some people and emphasize those other areas. So in terms of like, can you still make progress if you have goals centered around things like fat loss and improving your health and feeling much better? The answer is of course you can, because the biggest variables are still there and they're still there to be controlled and having someone who's in a position to be able to help you do that might be massively beneficial. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a massive point. You've, you've, pointed out there is the fact that you're going to the gym you probably do a workout an hour and then it's what you do the rest of that day and it might be that, that you're as you said just sitting your your actual daily activity is very poor and then now mm-hmm. you have that focus of being able to get out and walk more and, and increase your your need and your overall activity the other thing i would say it's very important i think that now is the time we have a trainer is education. So things like that you have just pointed out there, if they don't have a trainer, then they're not. They're not. You should be using this time to kind of educate yourself on these kind of uh, things that you just pointed out there. I think it's a great time to. If you had a trainer and he's telling you right, this is a time to kind of look at your overall activity, um, uh, what your output is on a day to day basis. I think this is a great time to see where people should be increasing on their um, education, definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah, so it's always a really, really important important part of the process. Even if someone has like a really short-term goal, for example, I think it's sometimes something that's a little bit overlooked is how much you could potentially take from like the process of working towards that short-term goal and then carry it forward into the long-term. Um, and I think, like I said, like, and... I think I said at the very, very start, I don't want us to seem as though it's, this is a thing where it's like me saying, oh, the gyms, you know, don't benefit you or anything like that. That's clearly not the case. They're massively, massively beneficial. But in my experience previously, they have, a lot of people have used it as a bit of a crutch where it's like, oh, it's all good because I went to the gym a few times this week. So other things don't matter. And I think that this has kind of created this weird sort of environment where just by eliminating that and looking at maximizing other things, you realize just how big a part, or some people might have realized how big a part that they actually play. And yeah, I, th- I think it is just that thing about um, being aware of the variables that you need to control and um, realizing that so, so much of it is what you do outside of the gym. Do you know what I mean? Like so, so much of it. So yeah, like an education will definitely be a part of that, like learning about things generally and also learning specifically uh, what works for you as well. Another factor would be accountability as well. It's like in this time, and I've and I used it myself when I just at the start of the first lockdown, I actually invested in getting a coach because I was finding that I could have used an excuse not to do certain things, and if because I was held accountable, because I had someone who was checking in on me and making sure that I was doing the things that I said I would do, that accountable factor. I think that's massive when we look at from a from a coaching point of view and why people should have a trainer at this kind of time, even when the gyms are closed. Yeah, man, accountability is huge. I think it's sometimes uh, underrated by anyone who hasn't really benefited from it, actually. I think that once you feel the benefit of having 
that level of accountability, you realize the massive value in it. You know, accountability is like, and I think sometimes there's this perception in the fitness industry that accountability is having someone with you on the gym floor shouting in your face um, to do two more reps or three more reps or four more reps. But accountability is much bigger than that. And for me, like when it comes to coaching and working with clients, accountability is more of a sort of, it's that kind of constant quiet nudge in the right direction. You know, more it's more about that um, than anything else. And I think, you know, potentially, especially just now for some people, maybe depends on their situation, having that added bit of accountability to just keep things in a good place um, might for some people have that extra um, importance. But I think generally, whether it's pre-COVID or like when everything opens back up again, like accountability is massive. And like I said, I think that people who have truly benefited from accountability do value it highly enough. And I think it is undervalued sometimes by people who haven't had the opportunity to really to really fully benefit from or really experience what accountability can do for you if you have a goal. Yeah, definitely. The other things I've got down here is um, guidance and support. Now, mm-hmm. I think with that, it's like we're all going through a tough time and sometimes you do just need that someone that you do trust in that you can speak to and that might be your personal trainer. You don't have the the lads that you would normally speak to if you were going to the pub or the girls you would go on a night out. You're not getting to see them that often. You're not going and playing fives with certain people that you might see and speak to that might be in certain situations. And you might be feeling a sense of loneliness if you are someone. You could be a single person on your own. Like You might not have people, uh, a lot of people around you. So having that support and having that guidance with someone that you actually trust and that you can tell. And if you are going through a tough time, you can reach out and ask for guidance or help and support on whatever it is you need help on. And I think that's something that you've definitely been posting over the past few days, uh, over the past wee while is the the mindset. Um, Just basically putting it out to people that you really need to change your mindset in these difficult times. And sometimes when someone does put a post out like that, telling you to kind of keep positive or try not to bring yourself down, I know it's tough. Sometimes that can help someone, um, even with a wee bit of guidance, just with a post, never mind actually having a trainer that they can reach out to. What do you think? Yeah, man, so I think support is massive. I think obviously right right now it has like extra benefits just with a, a lot of people maybe feeling... Um, in my experience, anyway, like I, th- I think particularly in this third lockdown, there's a bit of a kind of like a lockdown fatigue that's setting in. People are definitely fed up. The weather probably plays a, plays a bit of a part of it and things like that. And yeah, support and guidance, again, are always important. And like accountability, arguably, you could make an argument that there's more to benefit from it right now. But I would say that it's, all, it's always a part of the coaching process, isn't it? Like kind of providing that level of support, providing accountability, providing guidance. That's just always a part of the... Um, of the coaching process. Um, and yeah, and in providing those things, you obviously have the the opportunity to um, help people from a mindset perspective, influence people from a mindset perspective. And, you know, the old quote is mindset is everything. And that it's definitely true. So many of the, the kind of big physical transformations that you maybe see online and things like that would have started with a simple mindset shift. That's often the case. Um, so yeah, and I, th- I think if you, if you, especially right now, like a kind of 
keeping the mindset in, in, in a place where you want to focus on controlling what you can, can control and not getting too caught up in the things that you can and, and doing what you can to remain positive and things like that. That's obviously, I, like I said, like a lot of this, these, this stuff, it's always beneficial. It's always be- beneficial, especially in a, a goal-orientated process where you're trying to achieve something, fat loss, improve your health, whatever it may be, improve your fitness, like whatever it could be. Um, but maybe there is an argument for there being extra benefits just now when maybe people are, just because of the situation, there's, there's arguments that there could be additional benefits, you know? Do you feel that's the case? Like, um, as personal trainers, we are kind of developing, we're not just people who hand out uh, fitness and kind of nutrition advice. We are someone you reach out for support. We are psycho- psychology in a way. Uh, all these kind of things try to change people's mindset. Because, as you say, mindset is everything. If you've not got the right frame of mindset and someone's telling you to do an X amount of exercises, you're not in the right frame of mind. You're never going to be able to do it. So do you think now that we are developing, personal trainers are, are basically personal trainers, life coaches, and everything else that comes with it? Yeah, I think, so I was, I'd mentioned this, like, I was talking to someone last week about this, and uh, it just, like, when I when I first started as a personal trainer, like, I'm, I'm a bit of a, like, so my background is obviously I went to uni, I did sport and exercise science, and uh, which was basically applied physiology, and, you know, I, I finished, and I'm a bit of a fitness geek, I like, like, research reviews and stuff like that, like, I, I'm into that, right, and at the start, I remember thinking, cool, like I, I am, I'll be able to explain exactly what energy balance is and how it works. I'll be able to, you know, put together really effective training programs and you'll just give it to people and it'll work. And then what you realize is there's this whole other side to it, which is things like, you know, mindset, you know, being able to connect with people, being able to influence and encourage and communicate effectively with this whole other side of coaching that goes way beyond just that kind of like very theoretical, technical side of it. And yeah, as as a coach, you definitely have the potential to influence someone's mindset, like we spoke about, influence their mental health influence their lifestyle more generally um, you know and I've had feedback from clients before who have said you know that they've because they've more energy and they feel better about themselves that that's improved relationships it's helped them in their career now I'm not a I'm not a mental health expert I'm not a marriage counselor I'm not like a careers advisor but like the kind of benefits that you can get from improving your health and fitness, you know, maybe it's part of a process where you're just, your goal initially was just like, I want to, you know, feel better naked. Maybe that was the goal. And then all of a sudden, like in people have, again, this, I've had this experience with clients who I would have never have known it was an issue previously who've said, you know, my mental health has benefited so massively from this. Um, so it does obviously have, you know, what, what we do obviously does have far reaching implications. We're not necessarily like experts in these areas, but I think that it's, it's, you know, not, it's not, I'm not, um, I'm not overplaying it when I say that the benefits do kind of stretch as far as that. Um, and yeah, I mean, potentially like the, the, the situation might have like accelerated the awareness of that for a lot of PTs and coaches. I think it's, I think it's always been a thing. I think it's always been a thing, um, but potentially with the way things are just now, it might just have accelerated more of a widespread awareness of just how important um, things beyond the kind of 
technical aspect of coaching, the, th- the theory-based aspect of coaching, the ability to connect and communicate and positively influence, you know? Aye, definitely. Because as, as you say, it's like, it's all right to turn around and say to somebody, right, this is how I'm wanting you to perform a squat, but if they're in a state of uh, heightened anxiety or suffering with levels of depression or whatever they're suffering with, they're never going to be able to uh, adapt to that or, or go into that kind of frame of mind to knowing that they're going to put a bar on their back and heavy squat. You need to sit down and, and maybe you are need to be give them. It might be that you need to do a bit of life coaching um, and just basically explain to them that things can be all right and you can change their mindset. And as I said, all the things we've spoke about, um, trying not to control the controllables, all the things, especially with this going on at the moment anyway. Um do you feel now, like, do you feel it's more difficult for clients to get results now or do you think it is would be easier? So let's talk about the pros and cons of, like, what would be the pros of um, getting good results just now? So I suppose, like, so I suppose, like, just to answer it kind of quite generally, like, the, the boring answer is it depends. It probably depends on the client their situation, their goal. Like if you're someone who was coming into lockdown and you have three years of weight training experience behind you and your primary focus was building muscle and now you're in a situation where you have access to very, very minimal equipment, that goal suddenly becomes much, much harder to achieve. Like it's not, look, like there's so much you can do with minimal equipment if there's something that um, hopefully we'll kind of be aware of by now. There's like probably a lot more than you would have thought previously that you can do with very, very little equipment, but that goal does definitely get a little bit more difficult. However, I think that if your goal is more centered around things like fat loss, uh, improving your health, just feeling better in general, that type of thing, there's there's potential advantages to the, the lockdown situation. I think one of them I touched on a bit before where I was talking about for some people, not everyone, the gym can be a bit of a distraction in that process, actually. It can kind of distract them from concentrating on other factors that do have a massive influence. It might take take it might distract them a little bit from fully, you know, getting their diet on point. It might distract them a bit from um, managing sleep and stress and um, general activity levels, things I touched on before. And I think the second sort of thing that potentially for that person makes it a little bit easier is um, the socializing aspect. Like that's something, if you've got a goal like fat loss, you're trying to improve your health and just feel better in general. As coaches, when you work, when, when we're working with someone, you, you're obviously trying to, you, a lot of the time you have to help them manage their social life because you don't have to eliminate that in order to achieve those goals. It might be very, very counterproductive to try to eliminate it in order to achieve those goals for many people. Um, but you do have to manage it. The idea that you can go out and just get gassed every weekend and still like, you know, be healthy and achieve fat loss and all the rest and whatever it is that you're trying to work towards, it's not reasonable. But the idea that you can't go out and socialize and um, drink alcohol and, you know, go out for meals and still achieve those goals when you're doing it properly is obviously the case. But I think that if you take that out of the equation, it just removes what might have otherwise been a potential hurdle for a lot of people in achieving that goal and yeah it's not it's not like that hurdle's eliminated like uh, it'll come back and hopefully sooner rather than later and then it'll be a case of kind of managing it when it does but I think that those are the main things for me in terms of 
pros for someone who's just looking to potentially lose body fat, get in shape that way, improve their health and feel better. Um, you know, removing what might have been a distraction for some people um, when it comes to the gym and being able to focus on variables that do have a really big impact, uh, focus on them fully and feel the full benefits of them. And the second thing I think would be uh, just what I touched on there, just the kind of, um, just yeah, just making sure that you are, you're kind of managing the social side of things or, or you, you can eliminate it and just, you know, uh, be okay with it not being there and being able to benefit from it not being there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely massive, isn't it? It's the, the, the distractions that can pull you away, um, the external um, things that can kind of pull you away from your goals. And, and the thing is, it's like, as you said, now's maybe a good time to start to educate people on the fact that they can do that. They can control how much alcohol they're intaking and how much food they're intaking and still receive get goals that they want to achieve but whether that was the massive that was the thing that was holding them back and I, it actually happened to one of the clients that I had um, young in her 20s obviously like a lot of 21st birthday parties and stuff coming up so out quite a lot and still trying to get her to manage everything else and then as soon as the distractions became no longer distractions she got great results and I think that was the thing that you had to see where was that she now knows that that was the thing that was kind of previously holding her back. And that's education. She'll learn from that experience. And then when we do get to pubs being back open and restaurants being back open, she'll probably be able to manage it a wee bit better. Um, the other one you were saying about the daily activity and people being, as again, as you said, the gym's not everything, but obviously it's a massive um, factor. It does help. I think a lot of people took up on kind of challenges and stuff and tried different things that they maybe have not tried before. A group of my kind of clients, we all got involved in doing the 50 miles for Maggie's cancer care, getting them out, making sure they're getting their steps in and, and, and giving them a bit of a challenge and just pushing themselves forward. Um, and I know that there's a new, one, a new one out for Chrissy's house that a lot of people are doing as well. Again, all these challenges are great because... It's again, it's a accountability tool, and it? it's signing yourself up and saying, "I'm doing a hundred miles this month." You look like a bit of an arsehole if you don't do it. So it's that accountability factor, and it comes back to that with uh, training as well. Um, what about the what about the things that are negative? Then what could be holding people back? Well, I suppose like. So I could go back to the kind of example I gave. If your goal is specifically something around building muscle and strength and you don't have access to a lot of equipment, like just from a purely technical standpoint, that obviously becomes quite difficult. Like I said, there's a lot you can do with minimal equipment. And the analogy that I've used with some clients who are maybe in this position just now is that it's a little bit like being on a motorway. And it's not so much that you you can't move forward anymore. It's just that the speed limits change. You maybe just can't move forward at the same speed as you maybe were doing before because you don't have access to that same space and equipment. Then I suppose the other side of it as well is like just with the, the nature of the lockdown being as it is, um, I think especially I've noticed it a little bit more in this third lockdown where it's just the potential to affect people's mood generally and their energy levels. And once those things start to be affected, you start to hear more conversations around lacking motivation, um, more conversations around, you know, I'm just, uh, I just don't have the energy for it. I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the willpower or it's all these kinds of things start to creep into it. And I think that is just one of the very obvious 
negative side effects of the lockdown is the kind of strain it can put on people from that point of view. And, you know, if you're in that position, yeah, then, you know, ex- getting your getting your workouts in at home is potentially that little bit more challenging. Getting outside and getting some steps in, a bit more challenging. So I think that there's that kind of, like, um, mental fatigue that sometimes comes with lockdown that I think a lot of people might find really, really difficult. And it might be actually more of a thing the longer it goes on for some people, not necessarily everyone, but I think definitely for some people. So I think that would, in my experience anyway, that would be one of the cons that I've sort of noticed. I don't know if it's something that you've you've um, saw with people as well. Yeah, I think the, the one with the environment, like we're talking about like you've got for someone who's maybe 20 odd years of age has got less distractions because she can't go to the pub, she can't go out to the restaurant, so she's probably more focused. Whereas maybe older clients have gone the other way about, they need to change their home into their gym, they need, now need to do uh, homeschooling with their kids, they now need to have their um, their work for home, so you've got more distractions for them. So it's kind of turned around, like, as we said, some people have maybe got less distractions and mum, some people, like mums, maybe have got more distractions and, and maybe find it more difficult to overturn that. The other one that I put down was maybe people don't see uh external goal and the thing is that we should never really use an external goal so obviously people may have had weddings they might have had holidays and they wanted to train for that obviously that's all took away for you and i think that's part of what we should be doing as as trainers is is flipping it around and showing them that like you can improve your you improve your your health and well-being you can improve your mindset uh, you can improve extend the length how long you want to live better your life uh, your confidence, all these kind of things, rather than I'm training for Ibiza or I had a wedding coming up and then that get took away for you. I think that's a, a big massive factor is that we shouldn't be using external motivators. We should use it internally. Yeah, there's, just, there's I suppose there's just like, it's very possible to reframe your incentive, isn't it? Like I think that, so those were a couple of good ones for sure like I think that that was like weddings is, is obviously a big reason why people maybe set fitness goals uh, holidays a very obvious big reason why people set fitness goals and maybe just finding a little bit just now that that's kind of uh, it's obviously not a thing or there's at least a large amount of uncertainty around it so it's maybe quite hard to really hone in on that and really invest yourself fully and that has been like a kind of um a process that's going to that's going to have that as an outcome at the end of it because you just maybe just don't know um but you're also right as well there's 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 other incentives that are um more internal based that um are potentially going to yield better long-term outcomes anyway in terms of like you know there's multiple reasons why you might want to look after your health and fitness and, and some of them are like really obvious because it benefits how you feel and it then there's things like you can impact those around you and and all that. So I, and those should be incentives as well. You know, what I mean, like I don't, I've, I've I've no issue with someone wanting to get like shredded for Ibiza or anything like that. That's that's fine. But I think um, as long as there's a broader um, appreciation of just health and fitness more generally, and maybe like with those incentives being kind of taken away, um, and maybe just with a bit more of a spotlight on people's health and fitness at the moment, just because of the current situation. Yeah. Um, maybe people do have like a, a bit more of an appreciation of those types of incentives. Well, you look at the, 
you look at the kind of the facts when it comes to kind of COVID, it's either people who are obese or who have chronic um, kind of diseases or whatever, or like this is a time to actually really invest in your health and your well-being. Like if this puts you, if you're at a high risk, you should really be trying to turn your life around. And I think that's what we should be promoting is showing people that if another kind of pandemic comes and you're fit and healthy, you are you're lower risk than someone who's basically not looking after their health and their, their well-being. Um, so let me talk about basically, do you think that online training is the way forward or will it be personal training one one will basically be what people want? Um, well, I, I don't, I don't think I, I, I don't know. I've, I've maybe saw some like kind of like uh, marketing for some for different things that are saying like online coaching is the new thing and it will never go back to the way it was and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if I buy that. I think that I think there will always be an interest in in person personal training, um, just because I think that people um, will always look towards having that guidance when it comes to the help that they can get when they're actually on the gym floor maybe it's because they just don't maybe they're just their their lifting experience is little to zero and they just feel like they do need that kind of technical help that that is probably best delivered with someone just being with you on the gym floor and for some people it can be deeper than that it might be like they feel very very anxious about going into the gym environment and just the idea of having someone there with them um, helps them feel a bit less anxious um, so I no, I don't I don't think that like one-on-one I've saw this thing about one-on-one PT is never going to come back or whatever I don't think that's the case there, 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 I think that it'll always be a thing that kind of people turn to um, and I, I don't I don't I don't think you need to turn it into a sort of like one-on-one personal training versus online coaching I think that there's you could make an argument for both quite uh, in, in quite a, a strong sense so yeah, I, th- I think one-on-one PT will, will will always be a thing. What yeah. about you? Yeah, I, f- I think the obviously at the moment online training is, is obviously going to do well. Like, it is going to do well. But, you know, as you say, it's that aspect is like Scott's, Scott's very, um, does a lot of research and uh, as you said, like making sure that everybody's performing the exercise correctly, the science behind it all. And then you're trying to do a workout, doing a heavy squat or whatever, and you are trying to watch somebody doing it on video. You've not really got the coaching cues. Whereas if you're there and you're giving people the coaching cues and making sure that they're doing everything correctly, I think that you, I think from a one to one point of view, that will always need to be there. I think with the the interaction as well, just meeting, being with someone, as you said, it's like. That was one that I actually posted today. Was like I had a client who was really struggling with gym anxiety. She really found it tough to go into the gym on her own, and it was just having that coach to show her about the gym, show that she's doing everything correctly, and build her confidence so that she does have that confidence to go into the gym and just basically do the things that she needs to do when she's there, and building that confidence. As I said, getting her in the right frame of mind, and it might be that she needs to meet someone one to one. To get over that, I think doing it on online through an app isn't always the the best um, thing to do. But as it yeah, 
Yeah, I was just, I was going to say, I think that like, so there's always going to be that space for that. That's why I think that like one-to-one is not like, it's not this thing, but it's just not going to be a thing anymore. I think there'll always be that space for people who are looking for guidance and support in, in that specific way. Um, my thing with this is always that like, in, in terms of results, in terms of actually achieving results, I think the thing that is ultimately the most important thing is that so, so there's, for me, there's no such thing as like the best coach. I think there's like the best coach for a particular person and where they're at in a given moment in time and working towards a particular goal. I think that exists. And I think that if you can access that coach one-to-one then and you want to do that, that's fine. But if it means accessing that person online, that, that you could definitely argue that that will yield better results ultimately than going to someone who is not necessarily going to be a good fit for you just because they're a PT in your gym. So I think that, I think that's the, for me, that's the the big thing when it comes to the sort of like, um, should you go get online help or like one-to-one or anything like that? For me, it's like, you're probably better online with someone who is going to be a better coach for you overall than someone who's not going to be as good a coach for you one-to-one and vice versa. Do you know what I mean? And vice versa. And I think, but like I said, there's there's always going to be that space for people who want that in-person support on the gym floor. It could be to help them feel less uncomfortable and anxious. Um, it could be to just help them have that extra little bit of confidence in terms of, executing exercises properly and stuff like that and you know when when you're working as an online coach with someone these are barriers you have to try and overcome you have to try and overcome that um the kind of technical aspect of exercise and put in place systems to do that and i think that is possible but i don't think it's possible to get to the same level necessarily of having the one-to-one in-person there who's actually taking you through proper form and helping you correct your technique on the go at the time. However, I think there's probably a lot of people who don't need that. And like I said, I think for me, the bet, the main, most important thing is always that you find the best coach for you, someone who you can connect with, who can get you the result, the outcome that you want to try and achieve. Um, and if that's one-to-one or online, I think most of the time it doesn't matter too much, but there are definitely situations where people would benefit more from having someone there for sure yeah i think you're right in what you're saying it's like online training if you do have a bit of a training background it would be good if you see someone doing certain things that you want to achieve um you can reach out and work with somebody across the other side of the pond i mean you can work with somebody i mean i've got a, a coach just now who does a lot of knee rehab, uh, knees over toe, so basically trains for your knees to go over your toe, something that you don't really see much of, um, and I've basically reached out to him and, and currently working with him in America, whereas if I want to work with him one-to-one, it's never going to happen. So mm-hmm. having that aspect of just reaching out and maybe trying something that you like the look of, um, you can do that through online, whereas someone who's an actual beginner in the gym, maybe one-to-one training would work a lot better, as you say, you get your eyes are on the person most of the time you can see where they're going wrong and better cues um yeah i would definitely agree again every, both have their pros and cons but i think that the social aspect uh, the social interaction when we go back to working in the gym environment will be hugely needed i think a lot of people will want to have that because we haven't had or not been able to have social interaction with people 
Um, yeah, I think even if you just take it out of the like the, the personal training coaching context and just put it in a wider context, like one of the things that I think a lot of people find, I find in challenging myself included at times for sure just now is that being able to kind of properly and um, physically and mentally and the two are linked compartmentalize things. So like still having a set work day and not having that overrun, still having like the feeling like you can relax in your house rather than sort of thinking about the emails because you were just doing them 10 minutes ago, six feet away at the, at the dining room table. And I think, and then, and then trying to turn that same space into an exercise environment as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people understandably have struggled with at times throughout this whole thing. And there's loads of little things that we can do to try and make that, to try and, um, physically and mentally compartmentalize things a little bit more so that when it comes it comes time to relax that you can fully relax when it comes time to work that you can switch on and be productive and when it comes time to exercise you can get that done as well but it's definitely a little bit more challenging and i think people will probably be craving like just going into a gym environment and the buzz of a gym and other people being there and like the music's blaring and um, all that sort of stuff. I do think like people are craving that, not just in the gym, like in, in various different forms. It might just be being able to go out and meet friends and stuff like that. But I think it's, a lot of it is linked to that. It's quite difficult just now to separate these things. And I think people are craving that um, those specific environments a bit for sure. Uh, it's just when you spoke about that there, it's obviously the other thing that I was just thinking about was class environments. Think how many people who rely on classes and that social interaction and being with a group of people, like-minded people who are going in to do the same thing. And I think that's maybe something that people will be missing with the class environment. And it always, how long it's going to be, but it is going to be kind of limited for a time being. But if they can get back, even with a few people, it still gives them that feeling of the being in that community and being connected with kind of other people. Yeah, man. I suppose, and I know I know some people who've been doing those sorts of things over Zoom and things like that, and all that stuff is awesome. But it, you you can't quite beat like being there in person. So yeah, definitely. So if Scott Simpson in March twenty twenty, so pre COVID, could give Scott Simpson now advice or a pre warning that COVID was coming, what actions would you have took? Uh, oh, I don't know. It's quite a tough question. Um, do you know what? Like, I think that, and I think people don't do this enough. Um, I would, I would give my give myself a bit of credit. Like, I think, I think, I think I've, I've there was a lot of stress initially, a lot of uncertainty, um, and I think for the most part, I've done all right. I think I've been okay, and and you know, and I mean for the most part because it's normal to have periods where you maybe struggle with different things, with the situation being the situation. Um, but I would be tempted to tell myself not to worry too much, just that I was, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be all right. But having said that, maybe sometimes a little bit of that stress initially was the thing that kind of like, you know, got me being as productive as I possibly could be. You know, there's pros and cons to that as well, for sure. There's, there's um, you know, stress in itself is not always a complete negative thing. Um, it can obviously go too far, but... Um, yeah, I, I suppose I would maybe just uh, maybe tell myself not to worry too much about it. That you you you'll be all right. But that's like one of those hindsight is twenty twenty sort of things. And um, there's definitely been a lot of challenges and a lot of struggles. I consider myself lucky in many ways, and um, because I know people who have 
for different reasons have really, really struggled in different ways and found things insanely challenging. And, um, you know, I've, I've been quite grateful that, like, I, I really, really enjoy what I do and I've been able to kind of, I believe, take that to another level in, in a lot of ways as well. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, ha- I don't have any sort of technical advice. I bought quite a lot of uh, frozen food initially. I, I was one of those people, and I didn't, I didn't quite get around to it. So I'd never tell myself not to bother with that. But, uh, <laughs> otherwise, I think, I think, um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the thing. It's like none of us have been in a situation like this before. So it's like as it comes, this is where we can adapt and overcome and grow and kind of try and develop and maybe look at things that we could do for a plan B like as I said like maybe start to build more of an online presence so that you do have that as a backup or it's maybe looked maybe you've now looked at that as another way of having another kind of income or another stream that you would maybe or a, a thing that you would maybe not have tried before mm. and I think that's where we need to look at is like it's a lot of self-development I think we all need to do whether that being your mindset whether that being working on you or working on the business like we all need to work on kind of more self-development and make sure that we all do come out of this the other side like either learning from it willing to grow willing to develop and change um, for yourself, would you would you have done anything differently? Would you have given yourself some sort of like, uh, don't do this or do more of that or anything like that? I don't know because what I had firstly done because when it first get announced, I was thinking to myself, right, this isn't going to be long. So I've got the first two weeks or the first three weeks, I was so productive, like created about four or five ebooks. I was like, right, I'll get these sold and I'll make a bit of money doing this and uh, I'll help other people doing this. And then found out to myself that ebooks aren't worth the paper they're, they're written on. Yes, they're good. Um, I, I think it was actually, was it Mark Coles? I think I jumped on and done his Branded Impact Mastery course and uh, basically was telling us, just use it as a lead magnet. And that was that was a thing. It was like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing good here. I'm going to invest in doing these uh, ebooks. And then found out I'd done hours and hours of work that I probably didn't really need to do. Yes, they're sitting there on the back burner, but... Um, I probably didn't really need to do them. And the thing for me was just working on kind of systems putting in place to make sure that clients are getting educated. There is something that they can always look back on. But from a point of view from that, I don't know. It's like it's one of the ones. It's hard to... Maybe we should actually sit down and kind of review your year and look at the positives and look at the things that went bad and look at the things that went great. For me, my, my, my mindset has just totally changed. Like, I've read a lot of books and listened to a lot of audio books while I was out walking, so the kind of self-development books for me have definitely helped me change my, my mindset and my outlook on certain things. Um, I, and I tried a lot of new things this year, uh, 2020, sorry. Jumping in cold water was something that I obviously took up in doing and doing, I think it was something that I could focus on, so I didn't think too much about what was actually going on in the outside uh, world. I think that's what a lot of people maybe tried this trip, maybe tried new. Twenty twenty was probably the year for a lot of people to kind of try new things because there's nothing else to do. I I've I've noticed that a lot of uh, a lot of, a lot of people making candles, so a lot more reading. One of the good things from a from maybe a health and fitness general perspective is maybe people doing a bit more home cooking. A little bit of that sort of thing on the go as well. 
Um, so yeah, there's been there's been a lot of that. Uh, I've not done any like jumping in cold water or anything like that uh, yet myself. Uh, it looks quite grim, but I hear there's loads of benefits. I hear there's lots of benefits. So maybe if this lockdown drags on and on and on, I might I might jump in a a, a lake somewhere or something. Hi, get involved. Try it. It's a, it's one of the things. It's like you really need to try it just to see what you think. Uh, different people will get their own uh, different kind of benefits from it, but. It's the same with kind of anything that's out there, isn't it? Scott, mm. absolutely brilliant having you on. It's um, a good chat, and uh, I think a lot of people take a lot of stuff away from this. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Enjoyed it. It's good. Thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for coming on. Cheers. Cheers. Brilliant, mate.